Welcome to the Real Life Diabetes Podcast with today's guest who's slowing down the forward progress, Charles Maddox. If you're new to the show, welcome and thanks for stopping by. My name is Amber Kluwer and I enjoy sharing my story and those of other people living their best life with this disease. And is the very reason I created Diabetes Daily Grind and host this, the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. I had the chance to connect with Charles a few months ago after discovering one of his many and I mean many advocacy projects. His dedication and professional background is the perfect combination to make things happen on a global scale. But before we get started, I do have a few quick announcements. Number one, the Diabetes Daily Grind is a nonprofit organization. Funds raised help keep the website, podcast, and advocacy efforts afloat. It's easy. Just click the donate link in the show notes. Number two, my affiliate page yes, affiliate page, <laughs> features reputable brands and services that make life with diabetes a more pleasant one. You can find all the deals at diabetesdailygrind.com. And finally, stay engaged, love, like, share, and comment on all things social media, sign up for the e-newsletter, leave an iTunes review, subscribe to my YouTube channel, and click on the Amazon banner on the website before ordering. Doesn't cost you a thing and throws a little change my way. All right, let's get started. All right, Charles, welcome to the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. I'm glad that we, we had time to connect today. And I want to say right off to the listeners, right off the bat, is that I connected with Charles a few months ago, maybe a year ago on LinkedIn. And it was awesome. And thank you for actually listening and messaging back. <laughs> my pleasure. <laughs> so, my pleasure. And so we talked, but and the reason I say that is because Charles has a high profile and he's an award-winning mm-hmm. actor, director producer, television host, and healthcare advocate. And so I had read some things about your life with advocacy and and things like that when it came to diabetes. And then I happened to recently stumble across the Diabetic U. And we're going to get into that here shortly, but tell me where you're calling in from. I'm from Tampa, Florida. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Hopefully the weather is good there at this this time. It actually was terrible yesterday and it was terrible this morning. And now I'm, you know, like Florida, I'm looking at a beautiful sun right now. So, well, I'm glad you're not in in, all the storms that are going on right now. Okay. So you have a very unique story and you have like 72 things behind your, your title. (laughs) I don't even know how to word that because there's so much in reading press releases and things like that. So let's talk, let's start with the fact of your diagnosis story. Yeah, that was, that was very interesting. You know, I was at a friend's house and I literally, it was over a weekend. It happened, I think on a Saturday or Sunday, and I was just using the bathroom, uh, urinating a little bit too much. And I thought, oh, that's strange. And, And I probably would have read past it, you know, but I figured, you know, and let me just go to a, like a little clinic that was around there. And I found some walk-in clinic and I, I literally was going to, you know, go in there and tell him, Hey, I, th- this was going on and walk yeah. out with some antibiotics. And he came back and he said, uh, do you have a family history of diabetes? And I said, diabetes. And, um, I literally, I sat there, I was in shock. So he said, well, I can, I can put you on some medication. And I said, medication. You know, and I right off the bat, just like a little side clinic is already going to give you medication. Had no history of anything. Didn't suggest, you know, maybe going to see my other doctor or following up my primary care physician. Didn't suggest maybe losing a little bit of weight or 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 nothing. Just I can give you some medication. I said, whoa, whoa, how do we get here? And I didn't even tell my friend when we got in the car. I, I I was I was so in shock. I knew nothing about diabetes and went home and uh, got online and started to dig up some stuff. And and uh, to be honest, I was more scared of, of what I was finding and, and yeah. 
and lack of information. And just, I remember I went into one of those support groups and I may have said one or two wrong things. And those folks went at me like I was a, like a pit bull. And I said, man, I'm not messing around with these people anymore. Right. So that was really how I got, you know, the, the, the breaking news of diabetes. Okay. So right off the bat, there's so many things going on in my mind right now with this. So (laughs) if a person diagnosed with type one diabetes, when I was eight, I mean, that was decades, literally decades ago. I stayed in the hospital for two weeks to learn how to manage my diabetes. Granted, a diagnosis for type two diabetes is very different. But what I found in doing the podcast for the past seven years is you guys are given a pamphlet at best in a prescription. (laughs) And and it's like, nobody talks about, and not, and we can get it. We're going to get into this hardcore in a second. If you have a family history, there are a lot of people and I'm going to have experts on here soon to talk about the fact that different races and cultures are more susceptible. I think that's the word yeah. to getting type two diabetes. Yeah. You took this diagnosis and were like, okay, I'm going to think about this a little bit differently. And I think the average person, this is not an offensive, hopefully to the type type two community is there are so many other options out there. Mm. You have to be your own advocate. And that's what you're going to be talking about is we can't fix everything with a yeah. pill. No. So anywho, go into newly diagnosed. So did you just jump in and start thinking about how can I change this? Did you even know that you could? Well, I figured I was going to change myself first. And I, I, like I said, I started to do research and I, I didn't really know what to do. So I thought, number one, I was hitting the gym a lot, doing a lot of weights, no cardio. I hated cardio. So I said, you know what, number one, I'm going to give that up and I'm going to start walking and doing some some light running. And then I thought, well, what diet? I couldn't figure out a diet either. How do I change? How do I, you know? So I thought, you know what? Number one, I'm going to follow God's diet per se. So I thought, you know what? What I'm going to do is is just lean meat, some vegetables and some fruit and and cut down on, on the portions and also how much I eat a day. And I tell you, I, between those two things, I probably lost 25 pounds in about a month and a half. And it was game changing. But then what happened was I thought I was going to tell the story of what I was going through, somebody who was really newly diagnosed. And I thought, you know what, if I did that and I can maybe get it on a local PBS station or something like that, you know, and and so I went and contacted some doctors and found some people in diabetes and and said, hey, can you you mind, you know, helping me fund this this idea I have to get this thing on local TV? And right. but, but while I was doing that, it kind of opened up the doors to understanding what number one diabetes was. And then also the healthcare side of things, the pharmaceutical side of things, the patient side of things, as far as their responsibilities too, as well. It, it really opened up a Pandora's box. And at that point I said, man, I gotta, I gotta run with this. And then there was nobody that was like me that was being an advocate. And to be honest, there's still nobody really like me. That's, that's, that's on the level that I'm trying to be on and doing the things that I've done without, you know, these big pharma endorsements, you know, like Anthony Anderson or Rev Run or, or Dominique Wilkins or something like that, you know? Yeah. So that's really how I started to really ingrain myself in, in, in this movement. I, I love that. So many things, gosh. I want to go back to your diet prior to the diagnosis. Do you feel like you were eating healthy or what did we talk? What was your diet prior to? Well, you know, some of the contributing factors of, of, of type two diabetes is, is even you know sleep depri- deprivation, yeah. right? So I was working 
hard and I was up till three, four in the morning. And I tell you, I would grab, you know, I had at that time I had a child and, and I, you know, I would grab some cookies or a sandwich, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, I, and, and the sad thing, I hate to say it, I, I used to drink ginger ale because I thought it was healthier for me because it had ginger in it. So I was, I, as, as aware as I thought I was, and that's a, that's a, that's a key thing. Yeah. A lot of people, there are different levels of health and, and healthy. And while I thought I was healthy because I was going to the gym and I was working out and I was doing my walks every night and this, that, and the other thing, I was far from where I needed to be, which at the end of the day, I actually think it's a blessing in disguise. But so, yeah, so that, that's really, uh, you know, my diet wasn't what it should have been, what it should have been, but it wasn't probably as bad as some. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things too. And I'm again, educating myself and the public that you can be diagnosed with type two diabetes and be triathlete. Yeah, There are other factors. So we're not saying that just, if you change your diet, you're not going to have it, but for those who can, and we can get into reverse and the other things like that, there are other options. And, and so there's two questions I'm now asking my podcast guests. And we kind of touched on this a little bit, but do you feel like you received proper education upon your diagnosis? Not at all. Okay. No. <laughs> pretty common. <laughs> Pretty common answer. Not at all. Yes. Okay. And number two is, and I don't know about your area of Florida. Mm-hmm. And again, you're high profile and I'm not saying this for lower income or anything like that. Do you feel like you have access to healthy foods within a five mile radius? Yeah. I mean, because where I live, obviously, you know, I mean, right. but yeah, I, you know, and I think, I think if you want to get something, if you're determined to get healthy food, you'll get on that train, you'll get on that bus, you'll get on that bicycle and, and you'll figure out a way. So yeah, I definitely do. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And I'm hoping that the ripple effect of podcasts like this and all of your advocacy is that we'll have healthier options available, even if it's in a gas station, because that's the closest thing that you have available. Okay. So we're going to jump into, I want to just touch on one thing again, reading stuff about you, the poor chef. What (laughs) talk to me about that? That was was a moment in time. You know, I I don't really talk about it because it's like, you know, I I created that because uh, I had moved from Los Angeles. I was doing big films and television shows and and I had a chance to be a single father. And I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to move to to Florida closer to my mom. My brother was out here and I was just kind of hanging out, wasn't thinking about doing any work or anything like that for taking some time off. And my son came up with an idea. He said, wouldn't it be cool to see real people make healthy meals? And I said, wow, you know. So yes. I think, you know what? Let me. I came up with the, the name, and and from the name, I, I I approached some TV stations locally and said, "Hey, I'd like to do a, a segment where I teach people how to make healthy, affordable meals." And and, and the name kind of stuck, and and the idea kind of was cool, and it literally took off. You know, from books to sauces to you name it. You know, but it was a moment. I think that's in time. great because you're like you're educating the general public, and they want. I mean, that's. I only bring that up because I think that's very instrumental in kind of where you, how this has grown and being so honest about things and wanting healthier options. I mean, that's, anywho. uh, (laughs) It was a fun moment. It was a fun moment. Yeah. Okay. And for the listeners, because do you have any, I'm saying this for a number of reasons, Mm -hmm. any medical degrees, nutrition, anything? No. So this conversation is strictly our opinions we're yeah. not providing medical advice, even though in the documentary series reversed and with the diabetic you, you yeah. do see the effects of you and your team and how things are yeah. working. So let's yeah. jump into the diabetic you. Yeah. Let's 
just give us a little, if you haven't seen it, I'll put it in the show notes, how you can. So give yeah. us a teaser as to what that is actually about. Yeah, that, that once again, that actually started with this whole wanting to tell the story on local yeah. PBS. And I approached a pharmaceutical company and I sold them on, I, when I look back now, I'm like, I don't know how they bought into this because I didn't have anything really together. You know, I, I, I'm not where I'm at now, you know, with back then. And they bought into it. They gave me a couple of dollars and I said, hey, you know what, let's uh, let me travel and tell a little bit of a story and and try to see it from from the world's perspective. And, you know, we traveled from America to to Jamaica, to India and things like that. So it was really kind of telling my story, but telling the story of diabetes on a whole, both both type one and type two, but really understanding everything from, you know, once again, nutrition to pharmaceutical to doctors to how we treat ourselves. And, you know, I'm very proud of that film. I mean, uh, I wish I would have you know, had uh, a little bit more resources because, you know, we really didn't have much, but it was more of a, a passion type of project. And I shot some of it myself, you know, so that I'm, I'm proud of that. <laughs> it was well done and it absolutely kept my attention. And it's rare that you come across a documentary about diabetes. And I will say that what I love about interviewing people from all over the world is how being diagnosed with diabetes is like some cultures you're shamed. And then you have America who's just writing a script. And the, yeah. I mean, just like the whole process there. And so India in particular, and that whole segment, oh man, yeah. it just breaks my heart. And I just want to yes. help so many people. And yeah. we as advocates, I think are hopefully making a difference there. Okay. So what year was that put out? That was put out recently, but we started in 2016, you know, and okay, like any yeah. good documentary, you know, you, you, it takes years sometimes, right? You have to, sometimes you have to follow stories and it takes, you know, sometimes people pass away. Sometimes people yeah. get better. So it, it it's one of those real documentaries where we let time go by. So it was put out, you know, about a year ago, year and a half ago, but it, we started in 2016. I mean, obviously we didn't, we didn't, you know, when I started, it was, it was just me doing some simple local shooting, you know, yeah. and it grew. So it, it took some time. So we weren't always shooting the film. We were, you know, taking months off at a time, you know, to, to do other things and then get back to shooting. So. Well, and I love the fact that, in, you know, I'm not a filmmaker yet, <laughs> is that you stayed passionate about the project and were able to complete it because yeah. you can get sidetracked and then we're going to get into reversed. I mean, yeah. that was, I'm sure, going on throughout the period. Give yeah. me the time frame with reversed. Reverse, I think, was it was during that time. I think we we I came up with the concept of reverse because I well, I had created an RV tour and I remember that I was in the Walmart parking lot and I thought I saw the big red bus that collects blood. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool? Why don't they have one like this for diabetes? We should be yeah. testing people. So once again, I, I, I contacted that. I think that same pharmaceutical company and I said, hey, I got an idea. And they said so I created that. And then while I was doing that I realized I said man I'm not really while I'm doing TV every morning in all these cities I'm not reaching the masses how do I reach the masses so I thought you know at this point you know reality TV was just kicking off really nice and I thought you know what the best way to reach the masses is right in their own homes so I thought if I created a series that allowed us to to get all the education and the information that they needed 
then what better way to, to, to educate people? So I took, you know, my own money, shot this little trailer, tried to, didn't know really what to do with it or how to get, get it where it needed to be. And then probably, you know, took about 10 months off to, to do other things. And then I said, it's time to come back. And when I tell you that I literally, I, I sat down, I said, you know what, I'm going to get this show where it needs to be. And I, I, I sat down in the office for literally probably a month calling from literally from night to day, calling every pharma company, every device company, everyone who I thought I could call, who I thought would be blown away and interested in being a part of this. And 99% of them weren't, you know, and, and maybe I'm reaching the wrong people, you know, but then it was one person who connected me to mankind which is the makers of a Frezza, the inhaled insulin. And Mike, who's a great guy, yeah. said, hey, you know what, man, I'm interested. And I hounded him for a couple of weeks and he finally, you know, said, hey, let's do it. And that's how we that's how we got it done. You know, I love it. And you know, I've had the pleasure of interviewing him and their team is so oh. good. Yeah, yeah Mike. Mike is a good, he's a visionary. I like Mike a lot. He's a real, and I, I just reached out to him the other day and, you know, he hits me right back and, and, you know, yeah. when do you get a CEO of a, of a, of a big company like that? who will be like, Hey man, I got your email. How's it going? You know I mean? Yeah. So, or they check yeah. in to make sure you're doing okay. And how's it going? Yeah. So let's talk about reversed. And um, so what, if you've never heard of it, give us a teaser. What can people expect? Yeah, well, on on the season one, we shot in Jamaica, right? I'm Jamaican. And uh, so I wanted to go back there. And you know what's interesting? I really didn't have a, a, a full plan. I just knew that eating right, obviously, exercising and, and, and the information and the education could help people with diabetes. I, but of course, we had nutritionists and things like that. Yeah. But I didn't really have a, a, a rock solid plan, you know, how we were going to really, you know, lay out everything. It turned out tremendous. Yeah, All the yeah. guests, you know, went on to, you know, lose upwards of 50, 60 pounds, come off of insulin and come on, you know, you know, type two coming off insulin and come, you know, come off some metformin and things yeah. like that. So it worked. We, we have a, obviously a new season coming out. We just shot in, in Costa Rica. And, you know, one of the things I noticed was that some of the people kind of backslid, right? So they gained their weight back. Some of them, you know, kind of, you know, maybe have gone back on medication. Life happens. You know, some of them had some past. Uh, Lisa had her husband who was featured on the first season pass away from diabetes complications. Yeah. But this time I had a plan. And I had a plan of using ketogenic and intermittent fasting to reverse their diabetes. And I kind of just reached out to some great doctors, Dr. Ken Berry, who, you know, has like you know, almost 2 million people following him on YouTube, Dr. Jason Fung, who's a guru yeah. in his, in his uh, Maria Emmerich and some other. And I said, hey, this is what I want to do. But, you know, what's sad is I realized that why I went ketogenic and intermittent fasting is because I knew that we couldn't get funding going the regular diabetes route. So I had to have a twist in there and reach out to ketogenic companies and low carb companies that would be interested in being a part of this because I knew that, you know, Nova Nordis and, and all those other companies, you know, wouldn't give me the time of the day, which is sad, you know, so Medtronic say, you know, none of these companies. And so we went a different route, you know? Well, and I want to say too, because I'm working with an author that this book will come out soon is about 
all of the different diets that are available to us right now, diabetes or not. But of course, a lot of groups are marketing it towards the biggest demographic, which is the type two diabetes community. So I'm, I think that's horrible, but maybe it's educational at the same time if the it's not snake oil. And so yeah. as a person with type two diabetes and maybe somebody who's not educated in this diabetes climate, mm-hmm. you're going to buy into and purchase anything that says low carb mm-hmm. or, you know what I mean? Like there's, nah, that's a whole other whatever. Um, and I think that I hope that in one of your advocacy efforts, it's about teaching people how to read a label. Yeah. Because yeah. that is a big thing. So mm. tell me what you found with a ketogenic diet and well, did anybody have any pushbacks? Obviously, if they signed up to participate, then they're on board for whatever you're going to put yeah. them through. I, I think they had done enough research to kind of say, hey, you know what? We'll, we're interested in trying it. And no, so there weren't any pushbacks because we kind of went for everybody who was in that ketogenic space. Dr. Ken does a really great job of of helping people understand. He's got a ton of great videos that help you really understand why ketogenic may work and how to utilize it and what it does for the body. So, you know, right away, to be honest with you, I would say within a day or two, you, you, man, you saw real life changes. I mean, it wasn't, you know, you would have maybe on the third day, somebody would say, oh man, my blood sugar is high, you know, and, and Dr. King would say, oh, that's okay because this is what's going on. You know, by the fourth day, it, you know, you started to see that change and this change and you started to see blood pressure start to go down and, you know, blood sugars start to go down. And, you know, by the time we were, pretty much, you know, last day of shooting, those numbers were, they were in full ketosis. And, and, you know, I I just have to say, like I said, without spoiling it, that the results have been unbelievable, unbelievable. And, you know, it makes me feel good because you feel like, hey, you know what, maybe you helped save a life. Maybe you help extend a life, you know, because well, it's good for people to see this stuff because they're watching yeah. reality TV. I mean, like is yeah. good and bad at times. I mean, but if you're watching um, positive progress yeah, or the slip, you know, the people that don't do well, okay, well yeah. that could be me too, but I'm going to give it a shot. So exactly. I think it gives people hope. Yeah. Um, and if that person can do it and they're in worse condition than I am, exactly. you know what I mean? which I don't like that to be a motivational factor, but let's call a spade a spade. And, and you know what's what's what not to cut you off. What's interesting? Yeah. When I first came out with the, the 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 show. I got slammed by the diabetes community. I mean, yeah. because of the name reversed. And I'm talking. I forgot his name, but it was a couple of writers who I later saw not too long ago. And I'm like, dude, you you were slamming me because of the name reverse. And when I, when I came up with the name, it wasn't about reversing diabetes. It was about reverse the name. The, the word, the dictionary definition of reverse is to slow down the forward progress. Right. So it was basically what I was doing is trying to reverse the the progress of uncontrolled diabetes, not to totally reverse diabetes, but to to change the, the mental, physical, spiritual, emotional state of a person and reverse it. Right. So if, if you're if somebody says, man, you're a train wreck. But, you know, if you could reverse those decisions that you made and go back to make better decisions, you might not be a train wreck. Right. So it was it was really just about that. And they would. And even if even when I told them that they would still write negative things about me or the show, not so much about me, but the show and things like that. But now 
it's the cool thing to do. Everybody talks about reversing diabetes, all the big, yeah, big companies yeah. like Verta Health and this one and that one who are all per se reversing diabetes. So it was interesting. It's been an interesting as in so-called advocate. It's been an interesting ride because, you know, sometimes I like to cause a little uh, disruption and go after whoever I can in a way, because let's face it, sitting around singing Kumbaya, holding hands won't get you won't get you very far in this business. You know, Uh, that's a fact. And I got to say, in looking at the season two notes about reversed, and I love how you just articulated that because the type one diabetes community is in that season two. And so we all know my diabetes will never be reversed, but with your definition I f- or the dictionary's definition, I think that as somebody who's always going to be insulin dependent, slow down forward progress, I yeah. think we can all look at complications long-term and things like that. But if we are in the moment mentally and spiritually and physically, yeah, then life with this disease can be a better one. Of course. Of course. So, yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of other things about you. And if I want, if you have to get off. No, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. Do you feel, okay, here's one. Do you feel like reversed is made for a specific culture? Not necessarily. No, because I believe that what we teach older ones, if that's what you, let's say we've got older ones on the show that they can teach newer ones, right? Obviously you, 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 you start off as children and you start off at times with, with bad habits, right? And if we can correct those habits by teaching the parents and the grandparents, then hopefully they will be able to impart that to the younger ones. So I, I believe that this information and uh, what we see could reflect on so many people because those people will have seen what we did and seen what works and seen, you know, how you can change unhealthy habits and impart that to, to a younger generation. And that's why we're kind of working on some other spinoffs right now that I'm really excited about, like reverse to church, where we will be, you know, trying to reach a broader demographic that, that we could reach everyone. You know, there's over 40 million people in America with diabetes and, you know, and, and this is not even, you know, when I look at it, you know, I, this is for both type one and type two. I've had people, parents who've come to me and say, Charles, you know, my, my child is a type one, but I would love them to be on the show because, you know, they're drinking alcohol and they're, they're smoking and then eating yeah. unhealthy and they're not taking it. You know, so it, it's really about meeting somewhere, someone in their diabetic journey and, and really helping them from a mental I mean, we have mental health experts, you know, like we had Spring Care, Spring Health, Spring Health, Spring Health on the show, too, as well, who helped with and Carl Shalahorn, who helped with with the mental health side of things, because a lot of us get stuck in ruts. We get depressed. We we lose faith. We lose hope. You know how it easy it is to go in there, man, and, and just grab a, a, a some cake and some cookies and some do some things, whether you're type one or type two. And, and just because of depression. Yeah, so. So it's a ride. It's a battle. So, you know, I think we, we fit everyone. Well, I love that. And, you know, one of the things in my journal here that I have written down are the dreams of what my advocacy will look like. One of the things I wanted to do in a documentary series, I'm not pitching this by any means, but is that follow, I don't want to be the person because I would be too emotional, but follow a day in the life of somebody living with a disease. Hmm. because the average person, I mean, they always think type one, Oh, poor you. I'm, that's the bad kind. Right. But also yeah. the person with type two, how are they, you know, what are they looking at in, in the grocery store? How do they process sitting at dinner with friends? Do they have to shoot up insulin at the table as a type two? So it's one of these 
the mental, like you were just saying, the mental health component is so huge and not addressed obviously as often as it should. Exactly. What do you hope people will get out of both um, the diabetic you and reversed? Ooh, I hope, I hope they're able to be inspired and see, just like you said earlier, other people who are just like them, who are fighting the fight. And to be honest, who are winning a fight and it's, it's not easy. And, and, and not in, in every case, you won't be able to win that fight, but what you will be able to do is take a, a good look at where you're at. And that's why I say sometimes I believe that diabetes was a blessing for me because had I not been diagnosed, had I not said, hey, you know what, let me go to the doctor that that weekend because, you know, you know, urinating could easily come and go. But I wouldn't have known where I stood with my diabetes. I wouldn't have known where I stood with my cholesterol, with my with my hypertension, with many other things. So that was a good base start for me to say, you know what? Okay, I got to stop this. I got to change this. I got to fix this. So to me, it was a blessing, to be honest with you. And and unfortunately, there are going to be a lot of people who just take that medication and they're not going to think twice about it. So I look at myself as one of the, the fortunate ones and, and hope to continue to inspire people and come together. You know, I mean, I remember one time a guy said to me, he said, you know, I was talking about, you know, why don't, why aren't we all fighting and working together? And he said, there was uh, I forget what it was, but he said, you know, back in, in some army, he said, guys said, Hey, we should put, you know, red straps here on, on the soldier's arms. He said, well, why would you do that? He said, then they would realize how powerful they are. Right. Cause it would be hundreds of thousands of them. You know, if they had got over 40 million people dealing with diabetes in America, but yet there's no there's no awareness, there's no activism, there's no PSAs, there's no, you know, I mean, I don't see anything online regarding type two diabetes. I don't see any of these big companies putting out any infomercials or or advertisements, man, that really are, are pushing better health. Right. I mean, we were talking about even now we living in a state of covid and people with type two diabetes are affected by that. I don't see anything, you know, I don't see Pfizer doing ads saying, hey, if you've got type two diabetes, make sure you're eating right. You know, if type diabetes overall, make sure you're eating healthy. Make sure you're trying to exercise, you know, make sure you're, you're doing the right things because this is affecting a lot of people with diabetes. Well, and I think what's so crazy and it's a horrible, you know, with the pandemic and everything, but if you look at the number of people who are dying, mm-hmm. diabetes related X, Y, and Z, is astronomical compared to the current pandemic. And I'm sorry for all those people that have lost their lives in either scenario, but why aren't we treating diabetes as a pandemic and hardcore? Exactly. I mean, when you, when you really, and you, you said a mouthful right there and God knows that, you know, this pandemic is, is, is a horrible thing. But when you look at this pandemic, as opposed to how many people die every year from diabetes complications, right. It's staggering. If as many people died from diabetes complications as as COVID, yeah. we would we would shut down the world. We would, literally. and or and or hopefully the CDC and other groups would put out an astronomical amount of information as to how do we fix the problem. Yeah, yeah. You no know, forward progress. I'd like to believe would be the words, yeah. but well. Is there anything else you'd like to share about your future endeavors? Because you've got, I mean, I'm looking at all kinds of stuff. And I want to ask one last question because I was not familiar with this term. And this is a real question. What is a blue circle champion? 
I am, it's part of the IIDF, which yeah. I, uh, International Diabetes Federation. Yeah. And I guess it's like they're one of their ambassadors who for diabetes. Right. So, and that was, an, that was a, an honor and a, and a privilege to be a part of that too, as well. And, and they do good work. I would love to yeah. work with them again. And, but I would say, you know, some of the things I'm excited about, really the biggest thing I'm excited about is, is reverse the church. And I say that because, you know, for me, reverse the church is, is taking, you know, what I'm doing to that next, next level, right? Because if you look at, sometimes you see these HGTV shows and they, they will go in and fix a house. And, uh, but then, but then exactly. But then you've seen them fix a whole neighborhood. Yeah. So my thing is while we've done well, fixing a few people, I want to go in and fix a whole church. And go in and and take a couple of hundred people out of a church and show that, you know, especially, you know, who are dealing with, let's say, type two hypertension, cholesterol, whatever it may be, and show that with the right plan and the right people behind this plan that we can make serious change on a major level. So I'm hoping I don't have to beg too hard these these companies to to say, wow, you know what, that's a great idea. Let's let's be involved. But we we just keep kicking and keep doing what we have to do to get where we have to go. And yeah, I hope to be there very soon. So I hope that and let me just throw a little spin off to that for because you don't have enough on your plate. What about <laughs> taking that same program into schools, especially with some of the demographics that have type two diabetes in the third grade? That's the next thing. That's the trust me. I mean, yeah. you know, my my goal is as an independent filmmaker and producer. That's that's why I've kind of kept it this way because you know, we have the the ability to, to do things that most people producers probably can't do. Right. I mean, so doing reverse to church, I'm hoping becomes such a hit that we're able to now have the opportunity where companies come to us and say, hey, listen, wow, we loved what you did. You know, how could we be involved in the next one? And the next one, I'll say, hey, let's do this. Let's go yeah. in and, and change the school system if we can, you know. Ooh. Man, that's a big one and one I'd like to participate in, even though I don't have children. Okay, so last question. How is your health now? I know you had a doctor's appointment earlier today. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. That was something, something different. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm great. I mean, you know, it's always a battle, you know? I mean, sometimes I, and I have to probably admit, I probably have a food addiction myself, which is a mental health thing. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's not like, I'm, I'm, I'm not addicted to sweets or anything like that. It's probably one of those things where I say, okay, I'm going to fast for a day. And I do great for two days. And then, you know, at, at 10 o'clock, I'm like, oh man, I kind of want a sandwich or, or yeah. I kinda, and not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I mean, right. one of those things where I, I keep throwing myself off of the forward progress and reversing that. Yeah. yeah. So I keep throwing myself off as forward progress that I'm making. And and that kind of sets me back, which, you know, kind of uh, can be a little bit frustrating, right? I mean, here, here we have guests on my show that have lost upwards of 60 pounds and I'm I'm fighting to, to lose 10 pounds. So it's one of those things where, but that's the reality. But it's, I'm aware of it and I'm fighting every day. Well, I appreciate your honesty with all that. And I have to ask, this is a random, if two things were placed in front of you, one is a bowl of potato chips, super mm-hmm. salty. The other is a slice of cake. What are you going for? Uh, 
I would probably say the potato chips. Yes. <laughs> I have not met a potato chip I didn't like. Exactly. exactly. I mean, you know, you, they, they know how to make those potato chips. I, you know, cake, I could, you know, the, cake is not going to wow me out of my seat. You know what I'm saying? But some good salty potato chips, boy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I have to say, so I worked at the wellness center for individuals over the age of 50. And of course yeah. we talked a lot about diet. There was 5,000 plus members, but there was one man in particular that he was determined to reverse his diagnosis of type two diabetes. He mm. was a little bit overweight. Anywho, it doesn't matter. He told me one day what he did at night, instead of grabbing that bag of chips, because it was the crunch, it was the, I'm mm-hmm. sitting in my recliner and I'm watching TV. Mm. this is not going to be sexy to anybody else, but the way that Mm. how passionate he was telling me the story, because it was helping with his weight loss, he replaced it with slices of crisp lettuce. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he could still reach down. He put them Mm -hmm. into like chip size things Mm -hmm. and he still got the the (laughs) satisfaction of reaching down and getting the crisp. Yeah. So it's little changes like that. And he determined that himself and the nutritionists were like, this is brilliant. Yeah. So anyway, well, Charles, thanks for all that you're doing for the diabetes community. And I will continue to stalk you and follow up with what Uh, your progress is. And we need more advocates like you. And if there's anything I can do to help, you know, I'm here and I know everyone will enjoy listening to your story. Thank you for having me. All right. Good luck with everything and keep me posted. It's always nice to connect with someone as passionate as I am about changing the diabetes landscape. I'm confident Charles will continue to entertain and educate us about how life with diabetes can be managed differently, if not reversed. But before we wrap up, I have a few quick reminders. Number one, my affiliate page would love to feature your wares. So hit us up at Penelope at DiabetesDailyGrind.com for details. Number two, I know you're listening and thank you. So be kind and throw a little change my way. Funds raised help keep the website, podcast, and advocacy efforts afloat. And finally, I'm here for my diet peeps and the medical community. So feel free to contact me on any social media platform or directly at amber at diabetesdailygrain.com. Your continued support and love are the reason I keep the episodes coming. Cheers to the highs and lows, everyone. It's a daily grind. It's a daily grind. It's a daily grind.